So just on the day when I've got the croakiest voices ever <laughs> and my low end keeps dropping out, we have an actual professional radio presenter. Come and have a look at us, see what we do. Well, vaguely professional, vaguely. I mean, you know, I work for the BBC and things like that. Well, like, they I do pay you, right? They do sometimes, sometimes pay me, pay. so let's consider it I think that counts as professional, <laughs> strictly as defined anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, hi, Ed, thanks for coming in. That's all right, nice to meet you in person. Yeah, so what does this compare like to a real studio? I'd say it's pretty similar, if I'm honest. I mean, actually, I think a lot of your kit's a lot nicer than some of the stuff I'm used to. <laughs> You're just saying that. No, it really is. I mean, like, it's it's good stuff, I think. You know, looking around, I'm like, wow, this is all very fancy, yeah, okay. isn't it? I'm so. making it work up all the bits before you leave. Make <laughs> <laughs> sure we're still, still here. <laughs> well, you're welcome to come in anyway. It'd be good to have a look, play, play and twiddle of all the knobs later on and see what you can make it do. Absolutely, and that's the trouble. I don't want to be too geeky, but I do look at the equipment and kind of go, oh, it's very fancy, go, isn't right. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, let's best start this podcast then. Mm, let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmeadow. I'm Dave Parry. I'm very lucky to have a guest, Ed Nell, with us this week. Hi, Ed. Hello, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all. Really pleased that you could come in. And I know you're a very busy man, so we'll come on to everything you've been doing soon. Uh, just to explain what this podcast is all about, then, we tend to try and come up with a different subject every week that might be of interest okay. to small and medium-sized companies, those that want to grow. And the subjects we've covered are really very wide and ranging, right from, you know, classics of marketing stuff or how to finance your business, right through to how you organise the Christmas party without uh, causing some <laughs> HR difficulties or zero carbon or all sorts of stuff. But something that we do get often asked about because of what we're doing is podcasting. Yeah. And you and I met each other because of that very subject. We did. You're creating and running a workshop around okay. podcasting. And that's yeah. what you've been doing for the last couple of days. Yeah, that's what I did just this morning, really. I was just spent, uh, what, three, four hours at uh, Shrewsbury Town Football Club talking to people and businesses. I think there were, what, 21 booked on, 18 came along, and wow. they were all interested in podcasting, which is an interesting one. I think we were talking about this, that I think a lot of people feel they want a podcast. It's like social media was maybe 10 years ago, yeah. but they're not quite sure what it is necessarily or what they want to do with it or what they want to achieve, I think is the thing. So is it a, more of a FOMO thing then? They feel like that fear of missing out on something that's important, they better go along and have a look. Or do you think they're actually beyond that and they're now ready to, to do something and they need some practical tips? Funnily enough, I used that phrase in the workshop earlier. Mm. Uh, so I said, because somebody said, I've listened to a podcast the other day that my friend's got and I need one now. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that is FOMO, isn't it, basically? Yeah. I think a lot of people, it was eye-opening for a lot of them because I, I don't think they realise quite how much work goes into creating a really good podcast because you can just dive in and of course record something straight away and it might well be okay but I think there's a lot in the planning as well to make sure it's on message and you're talking to the right people with your podcast as well to really achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah <clears throat> so I think it might be quite interesting to go through from that experience the range of types of companies you don't have to name names but you know what sort of sectors are they in and maybe some of what you picked up as their objectives different people are trying to do for different things whether it be FOMO or keeping up with the Joneses or, or something else. And then maybe we could talk about some of the practical tips that you give as well, because yeah. you're doing this also professionally. You provide some advice on podcasting as well. Okay. So what sort of range of, of companies uh, did you have at the workshop? 
Uh, the, the workshops today it really was a big range. So we had a, a marketeer, somebody who's, who's retrained from another career, and, and they were kind of just exploring all the different ways to get messaging out so they can help their clients do that. We had somebody from an education background who would like to, I think, to probably get them podcasting as well, but I think probably as a more educational tool. We also had a first aid trainer as well who wants to kind of get the message about her ability out into the world as well. And a podcast is a good way of doing that. I'm trying to think who else we had. We had a, a TV presenter who uh, was in Australia but has now moved to Shrewsbury and is kind of starting again to a certain degree. Uh, and she'd like to try and try her hand at podcasting and see if that could be the way to go. Who else did we have? We had so, It was a big range Quite of range, people. Yeah. It really was. I, mean, I think a lot of them said, actually, it's lovely to meet all these different people that you wouldn't normally come across. So normally come across, good. yeah. And do you think they share broadly the same objective or are some of them doing it either for, I don't know, just for pure interest sake or for vanity reasons or are they all doing it for lead generation and just awareness, brand building? I think in the main, when we got to the nub of it, and that was sort of the first question I asked them, why are you podcasting? And I think once we thought about it a little bit more, they did all really want the same thing, that it is, I want to prove my authority on my, on my, my knowledge. I also would like to obviously get more clients because we, we'd all like more clients. Um, and those are the main things I think men, many people tend to do through podcasting. Although it's interesting because there are so many options for what podcasting can do for you. I mean, I've got a, a client now and she's not that interested in generating leads from her podcast. However, she wants to connect with people in her industry. So she just invites them on as a guest because we all like talking about ourselves. So it's always a good invite, isn't mm. it? So, would you like to come and talk about yourselves on mm. my podcast? Yes, I would. Who's going to say no to that? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, we were at an exhibition recently and we met a few people who've now been on the show as podcast guests. Mm. It's great. It's a, it's a good icebreaker. You're going yeah. up to somebody, you know, are you selling or are you buying? Well, neither. Why don't you just come and talk to us and yeah. promote yourself? You know? Exactly. Yeah, <clears> and it's, it's a great way to do that. And that's the thing. I think the lovely thing about podcasts is they're so flexible. There is so many different ways to do it. Um, and, the, you know, the, the, the kind of obvious way of let's get a guest on is a lovely way of doing it. But there are so many other ways as well. You can you know, record audio testimonials and you could use those in your podcast. You can do sort of tips and tricks of how you're going to do it. You can do sort of a news segment. And it's just sort of all those creative ways of using audio to kind of really connect with your audience. Yeah, what I quite like about it is the way it's consumed is very different from if you send an email out or even print media. You can do other things while you're listening to a podcast. So you're walking the dog or driving the car. So like you say, if you include a news segment, and we tried that on our podcast for the first time last week, I think that's going to become a regular fixture just sort of news the business news filtered for smaller companies because we can all listen to Evan Davis talking about uh, stuff on Radio 4 it's not necessarily designed for smaller companies so we might try a bit of that mm. but having the guests on is an interesting subject because I was a guest on someone else's podcast a couple of weeks ago oh, yeah. <clears throat> and their podcast format when they bring their guests on is more explicitly to allow the guest to promote their own business and that was their, that's their point, that's their purpose. Right. Ours is very much not that. We're trying to talk about something interesting which someone might be wanting to listen to and learn about without it being too promotional, if you like. So trying to get that balance right. And I'm wondering, you must see the range as well when people talk about having guests on. Is it just a way of expanding your audience to include their audience? Or is it to allow them to selves to promote? Or do you also see that style that we've adopted where they say, you're welcome to come on and talk about your area, but don't make it a like, half an hour advert. 
It's interesting because there are so many different approaches. And if you listen to, you know, three podcasts in a day, they'd probably be done in completely different ways. And I listened to an American podcast the other day, actually, and the sales messaging on it was unbelievable. And I think America has that culture more where they're very clear that I'm trying to sell you something and this is this is what mm. you need to buy right now. And it was a group of American actors, very well-known actors as well. And they clearly had a sponsored message because it was a sponsored podcast. And they hit you hard. And it was probably two minutes of pure sales messaging right at the top. And I, be honest, didn't get through it. I didn't get through. I didn't did you get to go the fast stuff. forward, or did you just bail out? I just went. I'm out. I'm yeah. out. I, I, I hit. I went. I'll find something else to listen to because I was just sort of having a skim around. And I think that's often how people find podcasts in the first place. And you go. You've got to. You've got to engage people straight off. I, I believe anyway. That's yeah. how I think a lot of people enjoy things like podcasts now. And so I think hitting people with the sale, it can be a big turn. I think that's well, probably true in our culture. I'm especially. interested that you said that then, because I had this debate with someone else who's got a very successful podcast in the management consulting sector. Now, he's done one thing which I was very envious of and thought was very good, and that was that he was appealing to the employees in management consultancies, talking about how to improve their career. So that's quite clever because people are going to come to you then not thinking about buying or selling or anything, but it's a, it's a very neutral way in. Yeah. And of course, you're building credibility as either a potential future employer or someone who knows a lot about lots of different firms. And, you know, I thought that was quite clever. But the big idea, which I didn't quite buy into, was this advert bit. Mm. And he's got a pre-record, probably two to three minutes long. Of, oh, We've wow. done this. And he had some um, Voxbox uh, testimonials in there from clients saying lovely things about him. But it's exactly the same two or three minute clip and I've listened to two or three of his podcasts and they've all got this exact same thing and it's slammed right up at the front you know just okay. after the the intro that's it bang on in there and I questioned him about it and he said well look it is a sales tool that's what we're doing the podcasts for and if people are reading listening to lots of them they'll know it and they'll just click forward three minutes because they know how long it takes and they're in but your experience bears out another another way around it you just click the back arrow and go and find another podcast this is it and I'm, for me and maybe i'm not salesy enough i mean there's so many ways that you can make a podcast for me i'd go well actually if you want to put an advert in let's make it organic uh, quite a, a lot of my background is in radio and we do a lot of live paid for reads on commercial radio where we have a script but the idea is as a presenter you need to bring that to life mm. make it connect with your audience so i kind of go yeah do the sales stuff but try and make it organic rather than using say a two or three minute piece of audio that's recorded and actually let's do it near the end because if someone's got to the end of your podcast they probably like you by that point don't they you'd hope anyway it, so actually it lasted that long yeah it? exactly and then you might be open to kind of listening to something like that and going well i trust this guy now oh if he's saying this is good oh i could work with this person oh i like that idea yeah whereas hitting them at the beginning you know i'm like well, i don't know these yeah. people yet i'm you know and you're hitting me with sales messages already it just feels a little bit well we, we're not lucky enough to have the sort of listenership yet where we're ever going to get sponsored i can't sure. imagine that's it but you're right people may want to place a message in it and i hear that a lot on times radio where they mm. they just say and today's you know, we're sponsored by whoever it is and and then it's the presenter the voice you know a famous journalist maybe reading out effectively a sponsor's message and i just find that so grating think well I'm, I'm trusting you to read me the news or give me some analysis on some you know political story and here you are promoting someone's i don't know software product or car or whatever it is <laughs> it just I don't know, it's, it just doesn't that's seem right. A, that's a really interesting line, because especially in radio, because I mean, radio, podcasts are completely unregulated at the moment, but radio, it's, well, it was more heavily 
regulated by Ofcom. I think they've kind of relaxed a lot more and they don't really want to regulate radio unless they have to. But there was a real preserving of news content because trust is obviously a huge part, as you mentioned yourself, and then to sell off the back of that. So they try and keep adverts away from the news. Certainly no journalist in commercial radio, or the, well, the BBC wouldn't advertise anyway, but in mm. commercial, you absolutely can't do any kind of selling at all. So that's interesting because obviously with a rolling news service like Times, you 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 have content all the time, but dr you need to draw that line, I still believe, because it does, as you say, it takes away from their authority a little bit of, these people are telling me the mm. facts and now they're trying to sell me a car. It seems a bit strange. Yeah, how do I know that some political party hasn't paid for them to put a spin well, yeah. on a story? Yeah. That's it, isn't it? That's to question their yeah. impartiality, doesn't it? Mm, it does. Very interesting. Like you say then, millions of different ways of doing a podcast. Um, we've got experience of doing one. <laughs> You've got experience of doing loads. So let's compare notes a little bit then. Practical tips. If someone wants to start out, challenge your objectives. We talked about that earlier on. Just make sure you really are going to this for the right reasons. Then what? How do you start? For me, it's very much the planning, which I know some people get really bored by, but I think having a strong plan going into a podcast is really important because then you're more likely to get the recording right the first time rather than, and things do evolve over episodes, and I think that's absolutely how it should be. But I think you want a strong plan going in. So understanding, firstly, why you want to do your podcast, having a strong purpose is important. Then understanding who you're talking to as well. Who is my, if you're thinking, right, I want to build authority, I want to create leads, who's my ideal customer? What do they want from me? What am I going to give them? And then you start can start thinking about the content a little bit more. And then you can say, look, okay, right, names. Naming a podcast is always tricky. Mm. And you think, well, how are people going to discover my podcast? For example, I work with a, a divorce coach at the moment. Um, she wants a podcast. So to not use the word divorce in the title of a podcast would be a bit strange because if you're interested in that subject, that's what you'll search for. So you need, you know, need to include it so it's a searchable term, probably four or five, maybe six words maximum. Use that. Explain what the podcast is, what it does, and then that will start working towards creating an intro for your podcast. And then you go, okay, so... What am I going to actually do on this podcast? Let's be clear on the content as well. Make sure it's right for our audience. And if we're, for example, working in a very technical world and our audience don't know about that, we need to make sure we're explaining it in a way that they can understand, sort of debunking certain phrases that may be commonplace to you in your industry. But uh, somebody listening, they would, that could be a real turnoff for them if they don't understand what mm. you're talking about. I suppose that could be the job of an interviewer if your format includes for an interview. But there are lots of different ways of setting up even the number of people in a podcast. Mm. I get, you get quite a few that are just monologues, somebody yeah. just giving you their, their stuff, you know, telling you what they know. Some are conversations are more like this, where we just have a bit of a chat. <clears throat> Some are more of an interview style where the interviewer is completely agnostic about the subject. They're merely the, the conduit by which you're getting your thoughts through to the audience and then they can translate the acronyms that aren't understood in that. Yeah. And do you think people starting out have a preference for one of those? Is it easier to just do it on your own or easier to do it as a, as a pair? I worry that some people just go down the guest route because for them it's a way to hide. I think, you know, putting mm. yourself out there is, is hard. It is difficult, um, especially if you've never done anything like that before. So going, actually, I'm just going to interview people, that's really good. But I, and, and that's fine if that's what you want to achieve. Um, like I say, I work with one client. All she wants to do is create connections with people through her podcast, people she admires in her industry. That's wonderful. 
Um, other people though go look if you're off if you want to build your authority your podcast needs to be more about you so if you want to interview somebody that's great but let's turn it into a conversation rather than you asking a question and going well that was nice i'll ask you another question now what? yeah you it's know, just it's, a barrage uh, of one-way questions mm. and all that expertise that the listener is getting is coming from the guest yeah it's a great moment for the guest i mean what yeah. a great showcase for yeah. them but it's not serving the purpose of the host to showcase this guest. So if you're going to have a guest then, let's let's take it that for starting out anyway, that's an easy way of getting going perhaps because you can hide behind the, yeah. what we're going to talk about this week. Well, we'll let the guest worry about that. Is it fair, do you think, to prime the guest to say, you, you can't just keep answering questions. You've got to ask me some back, you know, try and make this a conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> Does that work, do you think? I think so. I, I, I mean, a lot of people go, actually, I don't want the guest to know the questions before I ask them. Whereas, oh, that's a good point, yeah. People actually, why not that. send them a few ideas, an outline of what you'd like to talk about, so then they're well prepared, and actually they could do that and say, look, here's a brief. This is what my podcast is like. I suggest you listen to an episode because that will give you an idea mm. of how it goes. And, well, actually, wouldn't it be nice if we made this a conversation? So I'll ask you probably these main questions, but feel free to throw something back at me if you want to, and it's up to you. And it's just sort of working with that guest to go, come on, we're on the same team here. Let's make a great podcast. Yeah, um, we, can, we can work together on this one. So do you think maybe then you evolve from that style, especially if you come to the view that it's our expertise we're trying to promote here. Mm. We're not just trying to let guests come in one by one and showcase their stuff. So you need someone else. You need a partner in crime mm. and regular listeners of this podcast. We know that Richard and I are often here, sitting in here, shooting the breeze, talking nonsense about all sorts of things. And that allows us to cover lots of different subjects. And we're using as prompts things like the Harvard Business Review or what's been in the paper that week or whatever. So we'll pick a hook from something that's current maybe or recently published and then tear it apart, talk about it, give each other's views and that type of stuff. So if a company moves on to that, they really need to have at least two people in the business that's prepared to stick at it. Yeah. And that can be hard to do, can't it? Especially if one person's come up with the idea and everybody else is a bit mic shy. This is a problem. And th I think there is some data out there about podcasts that most podcasts, I think they're saying 60% of new podcasts don't get past episode three right. because you go in at all guns blazing, really excited, really <clears throat> fired up. What a great project. Oh, I can't wait to do this. It's going to be amazing. And then, well, like you say, if you've got two people on the podcast one week, someone can't make it and you're like, yeah. oh, we'll delay it for a week. And then it doesn't happen. And weeks turn into months. You're like, well, never mind. Forget the podcast. Well, once you're out of the habit, that's it. You're broken. Yeah. You're it's, you've yeah. got to keep that streak going. Totally. Our first one was on the 1st of November a year ago. So, we, And we maybe picked up the wrong stats, but they were useful because we were of the understanding that 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three. Oh, wow. And 99 don't get past episode 20. <laughs> so we said our goal at the time was to get to episode 21. So You've done at least they're in the top 1%. <laughs> you know, we can yeah, this is but great. of course, 21 uh, weekly rate, 10, that takes five months. So yeah. by the time you've done five months at it, you're probably going to carry on. You know, you've, you've made it that far. Why stop now? How do you do your podcast then? Do you do it to release on the day or do you like to try and bank them and work ahead? Well, we don't bank because we try and keep a bit more current affairsy about, if nothing else, the chit chat. And I suppose we never really had the luxury of it either. We're kind of hand to mouth a little bit. So we record them on a, a Friday morning normally. Today we're doing it on a Wednesday, but then they'll get published the following Thursday. Okay. Now, for people who've listened to this a lot will maybe know that we video them as well. Mm. 
Now, I think fewer than 10%, maybe 1% watch the video. It'll be Rich's mum and my mum, <laughs> hi mum, and others. Between. I think most people are listening to it. Mm. The benefit, though, of the video is to be able to promote the podcast. So if you want to go into LinkedIn and say, we've done a podcast this week with a stills photo, you know, it's okay, people mm. might or might not. Whereas if it plays the video on LinkedIn and on Instagram and on TikTok and on Facebook, and that video is a 30-second of the soundbite but the, the verity out there is magically produced from the nonsense that we're talking all around. <laughs> <clears throat> Subtitled nicely, cut between the different interactions. It becomes a, a little package of 36, maybe 60 seconds. That's what hooks people in. Mm. Now, maybe you won't get those people necessarily coming and listening to your podcast, but they know you've done a podcast. They've seen you do it. They know it's you. They've seen that face they recognize and they've heard something of, of relevance. So that was another question I was going to ask you about the, whether to video it or not, mm. because certainly the costs of the kit suddenly 10 times more. You know, a couple yeah. of microphones and a mixing desk, we can order that for a grand. As soon as you bring in some 4K cameras and different angles and all the malarkey around it, you're, you're up, I think, you know, 10, 15 grand type stuff. So it's yeah. a different sort of, different approach depending on how you're going about it. But most of the work you do is audio only or do you have the, the video element? I think mainly because I work with solopreneurs, they just don't have the budget for that kind of thing. So right. my thing is kind of trying to get them podcasting on basically a shoestring budget. I mean, I demonstrated in my workshop earlier that you can record your podcast on your phone if you wanted to. And I just recorded it as live on my phone, uh, airdropped it to my computer and then edit it on there on some free software that they can download as well. Uploaded it to a free distribution platform, got some royalty free music, put that on it as well, published it. And well, I have my mobile phone in my pocket anyway, so we won't include that as a cost. It didn't really, you know, it cost me my time and that was basically it. And I just kind of want as many people to get out there and get their message out there as possible. I mean, I think video is a huge part of podcasts now. And I think radio is kind of going that way as well. I mean, you see it with LBC, for example, mm. and I know Times Radio do it as well, yeah. that actually it's almost like a TV show, the way they do it as well now. And it's great for promoting and dragging people towards their channels. But you kind of, and I think talk radio particularly, talk radio is almost more of a TV show than a radio station mm. now, which mm. is a really strange concept to me as somebody who's lived audio for, for so long, but that's where it's going. Now. And you seem to have a license to not be overproduced. If it's called a radio show, but with video, you're able to do it a bit more scratchy. You don't have as many cameras. You, need, you don't need a, a live editor. You can get away with all that. Yeah. Whereas as soon as you call it a TV show, people are expecting fantastic polish. lighting and a bit of polish and a studio manager and all that stuff, yeah. which you're not going to do for a, a, your average budget podcast, are you? No, absolutely not. And yeah, and that's the exciting thing about it, that I think people, I don't want to say people have less expectations when it's a podcast, mm. but you can be a bit more perhaps guerrilla with it, but maybe, yeah, yeah. Of, you don't don't have to be quite so polished and people kind of know that it's not going to be superb quality and I think we talked before didn't we about sound quality and trying to get it up yep. to, the, to the level and you kind of go well how how where is that level where does it mm. need to be where'd you stop well exactly or, or what is unacceptable in terms of where the audio is I mean yeah, I've heard some you podcasts yeah. <laughs> but you know some really professional podcasts from big organizations and the edit on them will be halfway through a word or something and you're oh, like no, right, oh okay. okay this is quite quite jarring slightly really isn't it so you yeah. kind of go well th there's a real disparity in terms of quality 
I think, with podcasts. And you kind of go, okay, so what, what are expectations of listeners now? And I'm not, I'm not quite sure where that is, if I'm honest. Well, and maybe it's quite tolerant to mm. start with, but if you look at the very high production values of some of the very well-listened-to podcasts, you know, was it six million a week listened to the rest of his politics or something? It's phenomenal listenership. I was listening to podcasts the other day from a professional journal who happened to be interested in a particular subject they were putting out on. And I thought it was awful, I won't name them, but the audio quality was just about okay, maybe, but a bit of a strain. But the the lack of animation in the voices, it was really? very deadpan delivery. And I thought, how are they going to get people to engage with this? You need to listen to half an hour of this unless you really are an aficionado of that particular topic. So you're right, where, where's the beginning and end of that? There's mm -hmm. got to be some minimum threshold, you'd think, before people would just say, no, that's not it. Yeah. Can't put up with that. We've, we've taken it hopefully beyond that and we're now wondering, like we were discussing the other day, how do we squeeze out that last bit of reverb or that last little defect we think or that little essing and hissing or whatever it may be. And over the last couple of weeks we've invested more in acoustic blankets which are off camera but they're all around us now and it's mm -hmm. really deadened the acoustic of this room quite quite nicely now, I think, yeah, considering I think so. it's not a purpose-made room. It does, I think we'll stop here. <laughs> this isn't bad. <laughs> well, that's it. But you, you don't have to going, do this, do you? you? Well, that, not at all. I mean, that is the thing. I, mean, I was saying this to the people at the workshop today that, yeah, absolutely check your surroundings and work out where you are when you're recording. Because the number of times, especially in my days in radio, that you'll get a guest up and then suddenly it sounds like they're in the toilet. And you're just like, this is, <laughs> this is not what you want. And it does create that image in your head of, the list is probably thinking they are. They are yeah. on the toilet. Oh, it it's ridiculous. Small echoey room. This is yeah. not what we want at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you don't have to be. I, I, I can really hear that, you know, it's it's good uh, in terms of absorbing the sound because what you've got glass behind those curtains. Mm. And otherwise, yeah, it would be bouncing back on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so soundproofing, I think, is, is a really useful well, thing to put people off. If, if they're looking to do their podcast, especially if they're, say, leading in marketing for a, a small firm and they want to try and persuade others, you don't have to go to the boss with a, a, a quote made out of 10 grand for all the different bits and bobs. And if you're going to do it audio only, or even if maybe you're going to throw some iPhone footage in for the promo element of the video, it's still not spending an awful lot of money and a couple of hundred quid on some blankets isn't going to make the difference as to whether you go ahead or not. No. It might make the difference in terms of that audio quality that you pick up on. But that's not really what it's about. It's the content, isn't it? And people Completely. have got to pick up on what you're saying, be able to hear it clearly enough, especially when you're in a car, maybe with outside noise. It's got to be clear enough, and no crossover, especially when you've got two mics, you know, you're picking up noise off the other one. It's just some of those sort of technical bits we've had to deal with. But nothing is insurmountable. It's all mm. doable. Come back to our first podcasts and they really weren't weren't there at all. But as you say, it evolves over time. Well, this is it. And I think you've done it absolutely the right way that you started your podcast and you had that target of where you wanted to be. Mm. You've smashed through that target now. I mean, how many episodes are you this on? This is 48, I think. Of, oh, it's yeah, good going. I mean, mm. to get to this far is, is yeah. a some achievement. As you say, the stats don't paint a great yeah. picture for people's longevity with podcasts. And it's growing all the time. You know, you're probably getting more listens all every week as well. And, you know, you're building the equipment and building the quality all the time. And it's, it's evolving into something, as you say, competitive when you started to where you are now it's, it's lovely to see yeah, that growth well we used to script them a lot more or worry a lot more beforehand mm. what we we're going to say nowadays rich and i'll just have a couple of minutes beforehand. what should we talk about this week you know it'll be something we've been talking about through the week that'll be good for next week's podcast it's not like it's made up completely on the <laughs> but we don't spend hours worrying about you know who's going to say what and bring in these stats we, we just talk about it based yeah. on and we think that that really try we try to make it authentic that if we're trying to share our expertise with our audience then if you're reading notes all the time or referring to computer screen or you know regurgitating reports that others have written 
you're not really showing your expertise at all. You're just showing that you can read. <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> not so much point. of a demand for that. <laughs> no, this is true. Well done. You can read. That's yeah. great. Well yeah, done. Yeah, come in here and read this for us. And I think the great thing about your podcast as well, and we were talking about that salesy message, is that you do get your authority and ability and, and knowledge across, but with not in a salesy way, which to me, it's, it's that whole sort of like and trust thing, isn't it, that we mm. all talk about all the time and, and knowing somebody and going, I can rely on this person and they do know what they're talking about as well, which is great. And it's not been rammed down my throat would I, I kind of push me over the threshold to buy which for me is the exciting thing about podcasts it's that kind of extra element almost isn't it of going i am thinking about using this person or their business but i just need to know a little bit more about mm. them before i feel i can go that extra bit and hearing a podcast and hearing someone's voice especially and going yeah, no, I, I like this person. I feel like I can trust this person. I, I can I can put my business their way, absolutely. Mm. It's just, it might be that extra thing to, that will get you a client, I suppose. Well, and the other thing I would say to anybody listening who is thinking about starting a podcast is don't measure it entirely by how many new leads you get from it. We've had a phenomenal amount of positive response from our existing clients from doing these things. And the amount of times we're in a meeting with them and they'll refer to something we said in a podcast three or four weeks ago and want to pick up on that and expand on it in the service that we're providing. Or sometimes people will be saying, I was listening to this other podcast in the car and it stopped. And then your voice came out my speakers because, you know, the way the podcast apps, they serve up the next podcast based on your favourites and so on. So then I would be talking unexpectedly to, to various people already, you know, while they're on a car journey. I thought, what a great way to interrupt people at a the moment they're not expecting it and just say hi. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really nice. And that is that is the great thing about podcasts, that it can be a bit of a slow burner, which is probably why so many people drop off after a certain number of episodes, which is a shame. Yes, really. If you're measuring it too strictly. And the other bit of... Maybe Maybe good news I would share with anybody thinking of starting is the reaction I had when we started. Mm. There's another firm in town, a law firm in town that we know quite well, and I'm only going to say positive things about them, so I will name check them. They're called <laughs> Lanyon Bowdler, and they do a great job with their podcasts. Now, they're well beyond it now, and congratulations to Amanda who runs it for them. But when we started, they were on 42 episodes. Oh, wow. Now, clearly, I didn't listen to all 42 episodes. I dipped into one or two, sure. saw what they were doing as part of my general research, and off we went. But I, I remember saying, saying to Richard at the time, the reaction I had when I learned that they'd done 42 podcasts, without even knowing the subjects of those 42, let alone listen to them, was to put them on a pedestal. Mm. I think, you guys have got something to say. You're confident enough to say it publicly, on the record, and every week. You know, that alone was enough for me to think more positively about that firm. Mm -hmm. And since referred people to them and all that sort of thing, good relationship. And so what Rich and I often say is that even if we haven't got the phone ringing off the hook as soon as an episode drops or our listeners go spiking up, it that's not the measure. Mm. The, the first measure is, are we enjoying it? Yeah. And yeah. we definitely do. And I think unless you really do enjoy it, that's going to come across. And it's going to, people will almost feel sorry for you <laughs> while you're recording <laughs> this. Sure. Okay, stop yeah. now. I've had enough. You don't need to do it anymore. So you've got to enjoy it. And I think if you get that feedback from your current clients and you know that people anyway are just going to think better of you because you're doing it, well, that's already a good start. If on top of that, you get new contacts as well. Perfect. 
Absolutely. No, that's totally the way to look at it. I think people can get yeah, bogged down with metrics, can't they? And overexcited with things like that and go, oh, I'm only getting no, so many listens and this kind of stuff. And I had that question in the workshop earlier of going, when can I monetize my podcast? Ooh. And I'm like, Ooh, we're a yeah, long hang on way it. from that. My yeah. goodness. Because that is, you know, some of the big podcasts are making incredible sums of money. And I think people do see that and go, oh, I fancy a piece of that pie. Yeah. But you've got to get a serious number of downloads per week to make that happen. Yeah, I think if you're trying to make money out of the podcast per se, you're probably going into it for the wrong reasons. I would say so. And I did say that to people as well, going, look, let's let's start small, shall we here, right? <laughs> let's just calm ourselves. Because you've got to be looking, I mean, most of the big podcast houses like Acast, for example, who really started out as a sales house, they weren't making any content themselves. They were purely putting adverts on podcasts. They were saying, look, you've got to get 10,000 uh, downloads per week before we'll even touch you. It's mm. got to be that at very least, and you're probably making pence, if yeah, I'm honest. Yeah, even that doesn't sound like so, anywhere near enough. You know, you know, a million followers can barely get you enough these days. Well, no, you look at YouTube, and it's yeah. it's that similar kind of monetization, really, that you've got to be a real big dog before you're, you're making some good money. And into consumer-facing stuff. Most of our clients are B2B, so if you're talking to other businesses, then you're not going to have millions out there no. in your potential market, are you? So Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a niche thing, isn't it, really? Which, again, is the good thing about podcasts. Podcasts, you can really niche down and really hook into something. But yeah, some of those podcasts that have become massive and those are the ones that are sort of selling out arena shows and things like that, you think that's probably not going to be a B2B podcast. I wouldn't imagine mm. anyway. I think you've done a fabulous job if you could. So No, brilliant. Well, it's a good tour de force there. Thank you very much, Ed, for coming in and sharing some of your expertise and um, taking the weight of me croaking along. <laughs> you've done <laughs> Taking well. some of the share, got myself <laughs> through it. So thanks for coming in, Ed. No, no problem. So thank you for watching another episode of the SME Growth Podcast from Wellmeadow Limited. We try and come up with different things every week that we hope might be of interest to small and medium-sized business owners who are looking to grow their business. As ever, we ask you to click follow and the little bell icon wherever you get your podcasts. But more importantly, just tell your mates that you've listened to it and it might be interesting to them. And in the meantime, good luck with your business. <laughs> <laughs>